What's going on, everyone? This is Brian Turner here with another episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. Uh, we're here in season five. Really crazy to, to think we've come this far. Um, and I told you that this season we're going to have some big name, some big name guests. Uh, this is just another one of those guests. I have Lisa Lucky, who is a U.S. Women's Youth National Team assistant coach, video analyst. Um, Lisa, how's it going? How are you? Good, good. Season five. Where have I been? I need yeah. to catch up. Yeah, it's realized uh, you were so deep into this. I know it's kind of crazy, like how how far it's come when it just kind of started during COVID and it was like, hey, I've got a friend that's in the MLS bubble. Let me start yeah. with that. And then now it's like grown into something kind of cool. So there you go. thank you for being a guest. Um, of course. Little background, Lisa and I met during our U.S. Soccer B course um, last year. And I don't know why, but like instantly I was just like drawn to Lisa, like her personality she like walked up and she was like, you're going to give a presentation for one of the like, you know, one of the things we had to present on the many things. She just had this like University of Illinois swag on like she was just so like confident, but like so like, yeah, I know my shit. And I was just like, dang, Lisa's pretty cool. So. That was a, that was such a professional way to uh, present the I will say the banter we had back and forth on the B. I will leave it at that. But yeah. uh, I appreciate all that. <laughs> no problem. So so I met Lisa. She was with the University of Illinois as a keeper coach. She was doing some video analyst work, and now you're with the women's youth national team. So like that's super crazy. Um, I think you're the first and only person I know that's coached with the federation. So that's pretty cool. Big, big shoes. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Talk to us kind about of, that. Yeah. It was kind of by happenstance, I guess, if you will. So funny enough, I mean, if COVID hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't be where I am now because COVID hit um, University of Illinois as a staff, we kind of sat down and just said like, look, we're, we're losing access to the field. We're losing access to soccer. Who knows how long this is going to last? How can we make our program better? So every person on staff kind of took something and I took all of our technology and our data stuff. So like we were using polar heart rate monitors that we felt like we were underutilizing the data um, we had access to huddle, huddle sports code, things of that nature. And again, had all of this film, but felt like we were underutilizing it. So that became my project, so to speak. And I just dove in head first. Like I just learned how to script things and sports code for tagging and generate data for us. And I made like a power BI dashboard largely based off of, um, one of the, you know, the presentations U.S. soccer started to put out, um, like bend the curve, all this, yeah. it was just yep. one of yep. the many things all of us coaches <laughs> had to watch. So they did one on physical load monitoring and stuff. So like I sat down, watched all that, built us a platform. And then, uh, I mean, basically had about two more years after that at the university of Illinois to kind of utilize it, get into it. And in that process, 
kind of fell into a little bit more of an analyst realm when it came to networking. Like I was just talking to different people in different circles. So had a very close friend of mine that I had been speaking with who just got to a point where when people were calling her for jobs, she's happy where she's at. So she started to pass my name along and um, she urged me to get into it a little bit more. And I applied with us soccer on a whim and um, got hired. So, I mean, I am, so I, I do have to correct. I am not technically a coach, so I'm just a performance analyst. So I work fully with our film. So I'm, get paid to stand out on the field and fly drones around and film training. So um, that's my world now. So I feel so lucky because I, I handle, I work mainly on our women's side and I handle our U15 to U23 age groups. So, I mean, get to fly around the world, go into camps and watch uh, the best soccer in the country and some of the best young talent we have. And I mean, you, you can't top that. You, no, I, no, you can't. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced I have the best job in the world. So yeah, I'm, I'm convinced as well. I'm convinced as well. It's like your, your Instagram has turned into late a Carmen San Diego where I'm just yeah. like, hey, where's, where's Lisa at now? She picture like on the beach. And then the next picture yeah. is in us soccer clothes. And I'm just like, damn, here I am. Yeah. in pants from yesterday. still, And I'm watching this crap. <laughs> the heck. Like, I'm so bad at social media, and I was like, you know what? Like, all I'm gonna do now is wherever I'm at, just shoot the drone up an extra hundred yards, take a nice little majestic picture, and post yeah. it on the gram so people know where I'm at. So, yeah, oh, that's that's awesome. I, I think that's yeah. so cool. And you said you've got the U20 World Cup coming up here, right? Yep, so are you where's that taking you? So U20s will be in Costa Rica, and then um, our U17 women's team also qualified, so they will be going to India in October, so that will be... And you've got both, you're going to both of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the set, well, the yeah. setup for our youth landscape is kind of tough, because, I mean, 17s and 20s both are World Cup age groups, and, mm-hmm. I mean, they fall in the same year, so you're basically doing both double, CONCACAF tournaments, duty, yeah, yeah, and both World Cups, so kind of brutal and i mean yeah. most most federations you have a single person covering all the teams so it, it's tough i think is analysts like we always joke when we're at tournaments and people are like yeah i cover all of our teams and it's just like you're barely home but again who's gonna complain and be like oh god i have to go Costa to Costa Rica, Rica next again? month <laughs> uh, gosh what a drag <laughs> Oh God, that trip to the south of France was just awful. Like this yeah. really did it for me. I just want to be yeah. home in Illinois. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so kind of talk to me. Like I know you were a player, right? As most coaches, mm-hmm. and when I think we were doing one of the B license things, we they needed a goalie, and I hopped in, and and I remember you were. You were I don't know if I'd say that. The first thing you said was. Man, I can't get past those tan pants that you have on because <laughs> you're like, I know they're athletic, but they just really look like you're wearing some khakis out there. Yeah, I was like, man, it's like the khakis and you had like a hoodie tied around you. Yeah, it was a lot was like, going on. I was like, we need to start with the goalkeeper um, just whole presentation you got going on right now and then we'll build from there. And then we'll go from the back, build from the back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Looking back, looking forward. Isn't that the yeah. U.S. soccer yeah. thing? 
Um, but, <laughs> but talk to me, how did you like transition into coaching, right? I know there's a lot of college players, a lot of former pro players, some that don't make it to college as far as playing wise, but there's always that like moment, whether there was a coach that triggered you, whether it was you just happened to fall into it. So kind of talk to us, what, what triggered that and how has it grown that love and and passion for it? How's that grown throughout the years? Yeah. So um, I think I would probably fall into the school of, I kind of just fell into it. So (laughs) I was, I was guilty of being your typical jock, so to speak. Like my major was exercise science. Um, oh, and I, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I just played my way through college pretty much and was just yeah. always like, yeah, when I graduate, I know I want to try to go play pro. And if I'm not going to play pro, I want to do something with sport. So I kind of landed in this realm of like, I either want to be a personal trainer or I want to coach. Um, had a, a bit of a weird path as far as like, I was guilty of being that athlete where I didn't realize until my senior year, like, Oh, like being really fit makes a difference. So waited till senior year to figure that out and just breezed through my last season. And that actually tipped me more towards the personal trainer side of things. I was like, you know, I think as an athlete, it's really important. And I wish that somehow someone would have gotten through to me sooner as far as how much this benefits you. And so I actually tried to go to the personal trainer route right away. Like the internship you have to get your senior year. It was in personal training. I graduated I was in this in-between space where I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. So I actually moved home and worked at a GNC, like a nutrition okay. shop. Yep. And <clears throat> have you heard the big news? No Stress Midwest has found a new home at the soccer lot located downtown Kansas City. Swing by and check out our new training facility as well as our classroom. We'll be hosting our tutoring sessions. Be sure to also check out our player lounge, which includes a TV, FIFA, ping pong, and the tech ball table for all of the needs of our trainees. I was lucky enough, I had my former high school coach reach out to me and basically be like, hey, aren't you graduating? I'm coaching this high school now. I need a goalkeeper coach. Like, are you coming home? I would love to have you on staff. And he was hands down my favorite coach to play for. Like, I just remember he just, yeah, he just like got us to a point where you were like, I am ready to run through a brick wall. Like I see it. I believe Uh it. Like, let's get after it. So when he was like, Hey, I would love to have you on my staff. I was like, Whoa, yes. Like this will be awesome. So if it wasn't for him, who knows if I just would have kept the kind of nutrition personal training route. But so coached at that high school, again, was very lucky, like stacked. It was all division one athletes. We had like a youth national team player from Canada. So it wasn't like your normal high school soccer. I was like, Whoa, this is, this is top level stuff. So I was like, you know, like, I think I want to go coach college and got lucky enough that one of the schools that I had played the conference that I had played in one of the schools was looking to hire a goalkeeper coach. And I was a year out from playing. So I, 
I applied. I went through all the hoops and loops and the coach was like, uh, yeah, I remember you like, let's set up an interview sort of like, yeah, I know who you are and you're absolutely capable. So I'm doing it. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Ended up there. Definitely had from there had a very unconventional path, if you will. So Started coaching there, small division one. Uh, we were short goalkeepers, so I was like still playing and training. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, oh wait, I want to keep playing. Yeah. And the coach was like, yo, if you're like your body is still where you can, you need to go play. So up to England, went to school over there, got a master's, played at a university, wrapped that up for like a year, and then came back and then got back into coaching. Okay. And then actually ended in the youth game. So, and I think, I know, I can't stress enough how important it is to be involved in the youth game as a young coach, I think, because mm-hmm. um, you spend so much time on the field. Like, I was I was the director of goalkeeping, and then, of course, they stack you up with teams, of yep. course, because they, yep. they can't pay you enough. So, of course, they're always like, yeah, come work for us, and no, you're yep. nine teams to coach. Yep. So, like, I was, I was coaching from, like, 3 p.m. to 10 p.m. five days a week. Mm-hmm. Obviously not the healthiest, but like no. as far as but you as get far those as, minutes in yeah, that experience, like the learning. Yeah, all that. yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> so did that for a few years. Um, even while I was out there, still kind of kept like a foot in the college game. Like I was helping out at a community college in the area and um, volunteered my time at Santa Clara, really just as like an extra body and, and like, hey, I worked camp for you guys. Can I just like be around because I right. want to see what you guys do? You, yeah, so, what it's like here. Yeah. Um, and then kind of continued to catch the bug there and to be honest, just got burnout with club soccer, like yep. between, yeah, like we no, all, those I, who I, have I worked those, in it know it, I like, get it. But, between the parents <clears throat> and the administrators, I was like, you know what, I'm done, like, and the tournaments, am, you got six games in a weekend, and then during the week, like you said, you're out there, the same stuff, you get two kids at a practice one day, you get 22 kids the next day, you get an hour there's no warm ups. I mean, listen, I, I'm trying to figure out the, the fun things about it other than. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, oh, so honestly, the fun things about it, though, were the players. Oh, that 100, was the fun thing. You know about what I mean? Youth sports, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep. And it was just, sadly enough, like I think my breaking point was, and <laughs> you're probably going to laugh at this because you know my personality type. I was coaching a U6 girls team. Oof, okay. Rough, rough. I loved them though. I yeah. loved them because I had so much going on and you like would get wrapped up in the U8 teenage group and trying to get so-and-so signed to college and all this stuff. And then you would just go and we're playing relay races yep. and it's the pink unit. And you're like, this is how we all started. But mm-hmm. honestly, the parents at that age group ruined it for me because yeah. I had, I had dads that were like, well, why are we only training twice a week? Right. Right. Um, because there's six. six. Well, why, why are we playing so much soccer? I think we should be doing more skills coming from the coach, right? The, Uh, the expert uh, coach parent. Yeah. So sit down or just go somewhere else. So like, Mm -hmm. I just kind of hit my brain point there, but, um, yeah, basically then hopped into another division one coaching opportunity in Colorado and then had kind of settled in there. And then out of the blue, Janet Rayfield called me from Illinois and you're always going to pick up that phone call. So, um, yeah, landed, 
Power Five, which I obviously is kind of the peak of the college game and mm-hmm. saw what that was like. And then, yeah, and then just kind of sidestepped into video analyst role. And here we are. And then you had your B course and then you met me. Yeah. And then I met my best friend. <laughs> I love it. So you've, uh, and, and I think what I, what I really enjoy about hearing this, and I didn't know this beforehand, was your involvement in the youth game, right? And I've coached club, I think it was five, six years. So everything that you're telling me, I 100% can relate to it. I had the same experience, similar. And I feel like no matter where you are in the country, youth sports, especially soccer, is youth soccer, right? And you have those parents that think that their six-year-old is, is going to the World Cup. And it's like, sure, they might be a spectator. I'm not going to say that. But, you know, it's like <laughs> we don't know at six. And they're yeah. more worried about, like, minutes and position and goals and yeah. not, like, just having fun. Like, at yeah. six, you just want to have fun because not six-year-olds that aren't having fun and you're the ringleader of all of it, that's not yeah. a fun That's not a fun time. No. Nope. Not a fun no, it's time. not at all. Um, so, okay, so we, we kind of have a little bit of your coaching background. We're up to current, okay? You've got some World Cup stuff, Youth World Cup coming up in the future. Um, what is your kind of ultimate goal with it, right? Are you content with the B license? Do you want the A? Do you want the pro? Do you want UEFA? Do you want head coach? Do you want assistant coach? Do you want to be the top video analyst? Like, kind of talk to us about Lisa's best case projected five, 10 year plan. Yeah. That's the beauty of it is I don't have a freaking clue right now. <laughs> and I, and I'm okay with that. I love that. I think, I love that. I think, um, I think like, like I got myself in a little bit of a tough place being so like, this is what I want. This is my goal. This is where I want my career to go. And mm. like, I think to be honest, the step to power five, big 10 soccer I was like, like, this is it. This is the step to put me on the path. And then head coach is going to be next. And this is what I want. And, um, I can't speak highly enough about Janet Rayfield, the head coach of Illinois. And, um, we got to a point though, where like, I would go in her office and I'm like, like, Janet, I see everything you do. And it looks terrible. I don't want to do any of it because she was running things like off the field and everything you had to handle right? Yep. and seeing what she was doing and how it really is kind of the expectation at that level. I was like, Oh my God, I would yeah. be miserable if I had to do all this. So then it was like, you blew the door open cause you're, you're grinding and you're like, yeah, I want to be a collegiate head coach and this is what I want. And this is going to be perfect. Da, 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 da. And then you get there and you're like, Oh, this, is, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't what I thought. And then, yeah. yeah. And then, so I would joke with her and I'd be like, you know, like, I think I might just be like meant for the pro game where it's just like a phone call to an agent, come play for us. Here's the sum of money, get them in and then go mm. from there. And then obviously the NWSL kind of started to, burned down, so to speak, which was needed. But then yeah. I'm looking at a league where I'm like, I would love to coach professionally. I would love to be that environment. And then you're like looking at it and you're hearing what the salaries look like for coaches. You're seeing what the structure is like. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, I got to give this like at least five, year, five yeah. years to like get rebuilt the way it needs to be and have the support it needs to be. Right. Um, and then 
you would have been like, yeah, you're going to end up as a video analyst. I'd be like in no world, but I'm so happy right now. In this world, here you are. Yeah. And is it, is it a stepping stone to stay in us soccer to coach? Is it a stepping stone to then go somewhere else to still be an analyst? Is this just going to help serve me as a coach for me to step back into coaching? I've got no idea, but if I, five to 10 years from now, was still doing the job that I'm doing right now, I think I would still be very happy. So that's awesome. Yeah. What is, what does Brian want to do? What's Brian's ultimate goal? Do your listeners know this? Has this been discussed? No stress Midwest has partnered with mobile app DNA soccer lab to bring not only our expertise and training for field players to video, but also offering keeper training, sports performance work, strength and conditioning, player development, and mental performance videos to all of our athletes wanting to take their training to the next level. We even have personal development plans that we can create for those trainees. Visit more on our website at nostressmidwest.com backslash DNA Soccer Lab to read more. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I've said it on a podcast, but... My ultimate goal and right now is to be a manager for a, a professional team, um, knowing that, like, okay, I can get my A license, which is the next one, and, and then after that, like, I could stop. But then, like, knowing, like, at the pro license and kind of like what you were saying about the collegiate head coaching job, right? Like, the pro license is nothing about tactics, as much as it's like dealing with media, dealing with agents, yeah. dealing with yeah. veteran players, young players, development, putting together a, a plan to run a team, right? And an organization. And right now, I, you know, I say that's what I want, but I also know that like, I haven't had that moment yet where I've been right there next to it, where yeah. I can be like, Oh, you know, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. And you've got, that pro coaching side, you've got no stress Midwest, which, you know, at one point, I guess even now has been, they've been kind of lifting each other up together, but now I'm getting to a point where no stress Midwest or like the pro coaching realm, one's got to take the priority and and one's got to kind of take a back burner. And I'm getting to that fork in the road now where it's just like, I don't know the right answer. Um, but I know like I enjoy seeing my friends and like people like you and other people that are getting to these next levels. And, you know, they tell you like those coaching licenses, like the people you meet in there, those are like the people you stay connected with. Cause I can't tell you how many stories I've heard. Oh, I did my A with this person. I did my B with this person. I did my pro with this person. And and then it's like, Oh shit, that person's here and there and there and there. Um, so, you know, I, I know what I would like, but I also know that it's not up to me and, you know, necessarily to say, oh, this is what I want. This is what's going to happen. But it's up to me to try to achieve that. And then however that path takes me or wherever it takes me is where I'm going to end up. But yeah, I like to stay in the game. I don't anticipate me leaving soccer. Like, I don't think ever until I'm dead. Yeah, um, yeah right. I think a lot of us feel that way. So are you... Cause we can get back in that a license in like January. I think, are you going to try to go uh, like right away? What are your plans with the next step for licensing? Yeah. So I am going to give it some time because I want to do my a senior. 
and you need okay. to be with a club for I think uh, nine months or like a, yeah. basically a full year beforehand. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna be sitting tight on my B. Like I'm gonna be sitting pretty with that. Um, try to like do some UEFA stuff on the side, like just to supplement nice. so I can continue to stay in the education world. But um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give it some time. Maybe yeah. we can. What, what about you? Are you taking your A? Are we gonna take it together? We should try to get a reunion up and running. Um, I would like to take my A. I just don't know because I would obviously want to take the AC year as well. And I just don't know how I would set up trying to get my hands on a team and even have the time to be with mm-hmm. said team. You know, like I mean, I'm traveling anywhere from two weeks to like an entire month at a time, like every month. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's something I got to think about. And it's like, I've also thought, like, would it would it serve me better to wait to take that when I'm actually in a coaching role? Right. Like, is it? Right. And, and granted, I, I like under, like having a concept of coaching that I do because I think it's incredibly beneficial in my position. And I think it does help our coaches. Like, it's almost like I can... I know what they're going to ask, or I know yeah. what they're thinking because I was a coach, which are. I think they appreciate. So well, you are a coach. You still are a coach. You're just not currently coaching. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm coaching through video. I like to say I'm just there not on the field as much. So yeah, I don't know. It's definitely it's definitely in the cards. It's just a matter of when. So yeah. Well, and and like you you've been doing a lot of talk on the video analysis, and that's definitely like a part of the game as well as like the sports performance side that I think has really started to blow up and really taken precedent and clubs and teams have been treating it more seriously. Um, you know, I considered myself a decent video analyst, right? Just in like the, the realm that I had to and, and listeners, Lisa, when we did our presentations, you had like the circles around the person freaking lit up with stats, age, height, Wait, like I mean, it was like it was so it was so crazy. I was it was like a it was like watching a game of FIFA, but like, and this was just a throwaway for Lisa. This wasn't even like what she wanted to. This was she got the assignment the morning of, and by the evening, boom. Um, Just what I do. It's what I enjoy. So and and I saw that, but like it was like such another level, like that it didn't have to go to. I was like, damn, like she's. She's into this. Like this yeah. was no big deal for her. Yeah. Um, well, and but, I, I think that really is like the biggest benefit being in this position is if I do ever go back to coaching, the way I utilize film is just going to be dramatically different. Yeah, and I double. think, um, I think part of it is like as coaches, I mean, we're all guilty of it. It's like, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much resources we have, what gets cut. And I think, um, Oftentimes it's video from the position of here players, here's access to it. You guys handle it. It's It's not really good enough. And I think finding a way to be very, what's like making your coaching points, like get in, get out. Nobody wants to hear a 15 minute spiel when you're in the Mm -hmm. middle of practice. It's the same way with film. You don't have to sit down and take an hour and a half. You shouldn't take an hour and a half. Like, Find two clips, even if it's sitting the team down and it takes five minutes, like that can make such a massive impact. So I think that's the biggest thing is just um, 
understanding how to use it and understanding that people at the highest level of the game have figured out how to utilize film appropriately. Right. I think that's a good point because I'm guilty of that. When I would do film sessions, it would be like an hour, hour yeah. and 15. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I'm like not even getting anything out of yeah. it. You know? I'm just like, well, <laughs> gosh, I keep watching this. Um, yeah. And, and I, I would see that, you know, I've been to some academies and some MLS clubs where they already have this stuff cut, right? So it's just like, hey, here's a five-minute clip yep. of all the things that we want to, you know, go on. Boom, five seconds. Boom, five seconds. Boom, five yep. seconds. Boom, five seconds, right? Some talking points. And it's, I think, just doing that work proactively, preemptively. So when the players see it, all that stuff is done. And it's not yep. just this raw... 45 minute long half where you're just like, oh yeah, at minute 10, at minute 13, at minute 16, right? So I think that's yeah. big. Oh my gosh, that takes me back to being a player when you were like, I I mean, when I was in college, it was still the VHS tape. So it was like coach sat down and it was rewind and fast forward. And it's like, oh my yeah. God, get me yeah. out of here. But um, so, yeah, and I mean, it's, oh, it's a process. Ahead. I was just going to say like, I, I mean, I almost always was in charge of our opponent scouting as a coach. Mm -hmm. And I just like think back to the scouting reports I gave and I was like, Oh my God, like I thought they were good, but they were way too long so and just completely go. not clear. But well, sorry, and that, that, that goes into my next question. My next point is like, how have you grown or do you feel that you've progressed as a coach? And I mean, there's a lot of just as a person, right? Maturity in that age that's coming with it. But how have you grown as a coach, like what, what are some things that you would never do that you used to do? Or what are some things now that you do that you weren't even thinking about when you first started? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, where I'm at now, it's like, I think one of the big things is being much more aware of being a member of staff. Like you are not the center of the world. The things that you do are not the most important. They're important, Mm -hmm. They're not the most important and having that understanding <clears throat> of relationships and how it impacts the environment and how that impacts the players. Um, I think obviously as a federation, a staff is much larger for us. We just ha we have the resources to be able to do that. But I mean, even at the college game, like looking back to being in that environment, I did not appreciate and or understand like, athletic trainer, how can I help you? Like, what about what I do can make your job easier? Like just having yeah. those small conversations, I think a lot of people gloss over and I think it's amplified in the environment I'm in now. Cause we're all away from home. So it's like, you're away from home, sometimes in a foreign country, you're interacting with these people and we're all trying to do our jobs. So it's like, everyone catches on quickly, like get on board. Don't, don't be a turd. Like, don't yeah. be a bad person. Like right, do right. help everybody out. And at oh, the end yeah. of the day, we're all here for the players. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a big thing. Teachers, we want you. Are you a licensed teacher in the Missouri or Kansas KC metro area looking to make a couple extra dollars tutoring over the weekday and weekends? Well, No Stress Midwest is the place for you. No Stress Midwest Education is looking for teachers to help in one-on-one -on -one tutoring, small group academic enrichment, and study hall. We are looking for teachers to work on average two to three nights a week 
two hours a night in the subject of language arts, science, math, social studies, and foreign language. If you're interested, please visit nostressmidwest.com slash education and fill out an application today. Cheers. Say no or communicate like that expectation is unrealistic. I don't have the time or like here, here's the solution that I think will work. The earlier on in your career that you can figure that out, the better off you're going to be just from a quality of performance and yeah. like a quality of life of life is like, yeah. a young coach. Yeah. I was awful about mm-hmm. saying no. Oh, you want me to take on another team? Sure. Oh, this club down the street wants me to take up a team. Exactly. Cause you're like, this is my one chance. I'm never going to get another one. Like I have to say yes to everything. And it's like, no, like then you just become like a, a half-assed coach. Yeah. And I think you see that a lot with, with the young coaches and just yeah. club coaches. Yeah. You know, you can't realistically coach five teams and give them all the best. Like yeah. it's just, that yeah. just can't happen. Right. Yeah. And I don't understand why people think that that's possible, but what about you? Old, old wise, Brian, what have you learned and what would you tell young Brian? Um, you know, I, I had this, and I think, I guess it's, just my personality. When I was an assistant, I feel like an assistant, like you should be cool with the players, right? Because you're kind of like the in between from coach to player and then player to head coach. Right. And in my earlier years, I definitely was a lot more cool with the players than I'm not going to say I should have been. I was 22. And at the time they were 18, right? 17, 18. So like we were in the same age you know the same yeah um but like talking with the guys a lot like there's just some things i'm like you know what maybe we shouldn't be having this conversation um i don't need to hear you saying this i don't need to tell you (laughs) you know certain things um and and talking actually with this coach yesterday uh during one of the podcast episodes was just like reflection and I know like in the B course and in the C, it was so much on it. But like yeah. now I'd run a session or I'll run an activity with the team I, I'm with now as an assistant. And just to reflect and look back on it, like that was just something I never did. Um, yeah. Putting the thought into like creating a session or creating an activity that's beneficial and not just yeah. one that, oh, yeah, I did this when I was in seventh grade. So I'm going to, yeah. you know, just throw a whole bunch of makeshift things together. Um, I I think that's, those two things have been big because asking, even asking the players, Hey, like, what do you think I'm going to have be vulnerable enough with you? Because then there's going to come a time when I'm going to ask for that from you. Right. And, and I want you to see, Hey, I'm trying to make it just like you're trying to make it, you know, you want to have fun. I want to make sure you have fun. Um, So I think those are are two big things. I feel like in five years, there's going to be something else, right? And I definitely think at whatever level I get to, like every level that you're going to find something new to like heart back on or look back on and say, hey, when I went to high school, I learned this. When I was doing club, I really learned this. When in your case, doing college, I would learn this. So now I'm with the the federation and I'm learning this. Right. And, yeah. and I feel like all those things kind of help you 
and every league, every division, there's going to be something new, which then you get to that final super Lisa and you've done all the levels, <laughs> you've gathered all this info and then boom, right? You can make yeah. decisions that are not just based on a whim, but off of 20 plus years and five different leagues of experience, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, Lisa, we're getting ready to wrap up here. Um, I was, you know, talking to talking to you beforehand, and and Zoom is just really freaking. I know they're, they're they're cutting down on these these meetings. But yeah. as we're getting ready to wrap up, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? You've kind of gone into some advice. You've talked about your path. Um, I know there's going to be a ton of questions that people might have just from listening to this, but. If you could find a way to wrap it up or to kind of summarize whatever it is that you want to end it with, maybe it's a plug for something. (laughs) No plugs, man. No plugs. How are you closing Uh, the the podcast out? You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing in this is just something I've learned in athletics. And I think it was something I struggled with in college athletics. Like, don't forget to take care of yourself because it will burn you out and run you into the ground. And then all of a sudden you're not loving what you did love. Mm -hmm. So telling someone no, setting a boundary is not going to make or break your career. If anything, something I've learned is I feel like it gives people almost have more respect for you is what I've found as of late is in, that's just how I feel. So I think the biggest thing is if you're involved in athletics, take care of yourself because yeah. we all love the game. We all become obsessed with it. We all could spend 18 hours a day on it. Mm-hmm. Don't, it'll yeah. be there. Like yeah. stream the game tomorrow, do something tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I think right. that's just the biggest thing is take care of yourself. So we can keep good people in, in the sport and in athletics for our players. That's deep. I needed to hear that. I, that was for me. All right. Now, what are you telling the other people? That, that was my, that was my thing. What, what's for the listener? No, that's, that's so you know? true. And, and I mean, I'm guilty of that. You are, I think all of us are yeah. right. As you get yeah. so engulfed and because you love it so much, it's you're willing to, to come home from work and then get back to it. Right. Because yeah. it's a relaxing thing or, you know, and it's, that's true. You've got to, keep the brain clear. You got to Yeah, You got, you got to learn. Like if you leave a job, they're going to have a next coach right through the door where at the end of the day, whoever is at home, whether it's your dog, whether it's a significant other, whether it's just immediate family, you can't be replaced for them. Yeah. So that's, that's the way I've started to look at stuff is a job is always going to get somebody else in your place, but the people at home matter most. That's good, man. Lisa, that's why I see, that's why I had you on. That, that one quote for that one thing right there there at the end. All of this just kind of culminated to that. Yeah. Um, no, Lisa, thank you. Thank you, one, for being a guest, uh, yeah. two, for the advice. I thought it was a great conversation as we both knew it was going to be. I, I just yeah. couldn't picture it being a bad one whatsoever. Yeah. Um, unless I wore my tan pants, then, <laughs> then you might have. <laughs> whatever uh but no lisa thank you uh thank you i can't say it enough uh for the podcast guests thank you for listening and and for coming in for another episode and another season um 
I'll have some of Lisa's information up. So if you want to see where Carmen San Diego is in the <laughs> coming months, you can follow her on on social media and and she won't disappoint. Yep. So all right, everyone. Cheers. Have a good one. Lisa, you enjoy the rest of your uh, your day. And yep. um, we will ch- chat with everyone later. Have a good Thanks, one. Man.